It's the details that make the difference. We've got photographer Vanessa Joy on episode 80 of No Boring Stories. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools, all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and I am far more comfortable and interested in being in front of the camera than behind the camera. What about you? Today on the show, we've got wedding photographer Vanessa Joy on the show to talk all about photography, lighting, all the details, and share her story of being a trustworthy photographer, what that really means and how that impacts the world. It's a fascinating conversation. I love diving in and talking to her and nerding out on this stuff because of course, this is part of my past. My dad was a photographer as well. Vanessa is a world-renowned photographer, wedding photographer. She's won multiple prestigious competitions and awards. She's got a book on photography writing. She is teaching to audiences of more than 3,000 all around the world. She writes for Shutter Mag. She is uh, booking weddings throughout the year and still deep in the field work. She loves what she does. It comes through in her voice and she is so high on trust. It's even hard for her to really talk about all these amazing parts of her journey. It's so good to get into this conversation. I love pulling this story out of her and the moment when she realizes it, she sees, whoa, maybe I do have a story. It's magic, baby. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. You're going to love it if uh, you are into photography, if you're into weddings, if you love just talking about love and details and ultimately hearing how somebody's small moments turn into those big turning points when maybe we don't even realize it. Here's my conversation with Vanessa Joy. Vanessa, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? Yeah, I'm so good. Um, I am. I'm thrilled to get into this conversation <laughs> as I kind of set the table before we started recording here that I, uh, you know, I grew up in the home of a photographer and, um, I mean, experienced all of that. And I was going to say the ups and downs, but it was, there was ups for sure when I was a kid, but then it was mostly downs because his <laughs> career, my dad's career basically tanked when digital photography came in. It's a common story. He was a film guy and didn't adapt and, mm-hmm. That was it. So here you are, and uh, you are, this is your job. This is your day job. This is your everything. This is your career. You snap photos. I do. I snap photos, and I did start on film too, but I transitioned to digital, and you have been doing it 20 years, and now I teach other people how to do it on YouTube and stuff like that too. Come on. Okay, so we're going to dive in. I want to hear the whole love story between you and the camera and um why that's there what it is that you love about this i know you you specifically even focus on on lighting Mm -hmm. and what that is how to use that properly and again i think of of my dad david who uh he had this love for black and white photos Mm -hmm. and i think it was because he's like it's like color is almost like cheating the light 
<laughs> like there's something he would say. That. He's like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. like in black and white. Like you can't, you have, it's, it's all about manipulating the light and seeing it and using it mm-hmm. and, and allowing the shadows to work. Um, let's just nerd out on this a little bit. Just open that up. Like what is, you know, how do you explain um, the use of or the value of or the importance of recognizing, seeing, using lighting, um, not only in camera, but like, you know, and just even looking at the world. Well, lighting is a way of directing your viewer to what you want them to see and how you want them to see it. So mm-hmm. for example, uh, how I'm lit right now, just driving me insane because the brightest part <laughs> of the photograph is this back here. And that's like a no-no because you usually want the brightest part of the photograph, more or less, to be your subject or in a way, the most contrasting mm-hmm. part to be your subject so that that's where the viewer's eye goes. If you don't have that, um, it, it just becomes distracting. Your viewer starts looking at other things. So that's part of it. And then also the quality of the light. So right now my light is very soft, which is great because it's really good for us um, people that, you know, have maybe fine lines or blemishes and just smooths it all out. Or maybe I want to do something that's a little bit more dramatic. But I have to say, I've never heard that color kind of cheats a little bit. And it does because you can have you can have photos in color that look good and then you turn them into black and white and they don't because the light's not mm-hmm. there. It's just the color that's telling the story. So photography mm-hmm. is the, uh, you know, all about light, the study of light. Yeah, which is fascinating, right? Because people go in and they just think, okay, yeah, I can snap a picture. I mean, everybody is a photographer now. Yeah. Once, you know, once yeah. every phone had a camera, everybody came, there you go. Everybody became a photographer and Instagram, uh, you yep. know, became that Flickr, all those apps that were, hey, share your photos now. Everybody's sharing everything. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, that's the shift now. And then you see, um, I guess that's a question. How does someone like you who's like, no, this is my career. So I've got 10,000 photos on my phone and you're, and you're like, yeah, but this is my career taking pictures. Like I, I, this is what I do and teach others to do it well. How do you, um, how do you differentiate yourself from oh easily the <laughs> average iPhone user and photo taker? It has to be about the business and the experience. I mean, it is about the photography itself, but ultimately you're my clients. Most people's consumer clients don't know the difference between good and great photography. They know the difference between good and great customer service. They know the difference between a good and great experience overall. So you have to excel at that. Now, for me, it's actually really easy because I do focus on weddings and no one's going to be like, hey, you want to have like my friend with their iPhone come shoot your wedding photos. Like that's just not the thing. That's just one of those times in life. Someone's looking for a professional photographer for all of it. So Mm -hmm. that's great. Um, So that helps a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's true. I know just thinking about our, at our wedding, we actually bought a bunch of uh, disposable cameras that Mm -hmm. we handed out at the tables. um, And we were like, yes, everybody's going to capture all these candid moments. Yeah. Most of them were like Garbage. of people's shoes and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this, this bombed. And then we actually had two photographers at our wedding. We had a, kind of a family friend. And then my my dad was there. And um, he didn't even charge us uh, to, to do the, the wedding photographs. And Aww. it was just, again, I talk about this all the time. Like, it's just phenomenal to see the difference of how he showed up 
versus, you know, the friend. And very, the, the friend was very kind of structured, I would say, very sterile, um, kind of, you know, tilt your head. Just, okay, wait, let's pause. Let's tilt. And my dad's like, all right, all right. He's feeling good. All right, let's go up. All right, yeah. how you feeling? Yep, yep. No, no, that's not right, baby. Okay. Like, I'm this British charmer. And he would, um, and, and then he was snapping these brilliant moments. And I always say that, the, you know, the, the real gift of a t- photographer, especially somebody that's photographing humans, is to, it, it's the split second to snap the photograph when their personality is actually jumping out. Yeah, 100%. It's not the smile necessarily. It's the moment almost between the smile yeah. and the not smile. I don't know what that is. Do you do you feel that? Do you see that? Is that is that BS? What is that? Oh, I do. I mean, it's like, it's like my my tagline, I, my tagline is remember how you felt, not how you were posed. So it's very much, I don't like traditional posing. I do it. I have mm-hmm. to for a couple of photos, but mm-hmm. I prefer to guide people and put them in situations or make them have conversations with each other or mm-hmm. conversation with me, something that's going to evoke actual reactions, actual emotions that I can capture when I'm photographing them and when I have to direct. But other than that, it's, all about yeah. a nice long lens and just snapping things that are happening further away and natural natural moments okay remember how you felt not how you were posed as in that's yeah. that's what you're helping do. like that's the fin- that's the product that you're offering is like you're going when you see your photos that i've taken you're going to remember how you felt is mm-hmm. that, that's- yeah as opposed to like oh that's a nice photo that vanessa posed put us in in front of the gazebo that's I'm just, I love that because I'm seeing the connection here between even storytelling, right? So even as I ask, yeah. I'm like, how do you separate yourself from like the average photo taker? I'm like, well, how do I separate myself from the average storyteller out there? Like how do, what am I? Oh yeah, yeah. it's because exactly. You're like, it's the experience. There's something extra that I can give you or something extra that I'm focusing on. Um, but as you talk about, remember how you felt, not how you're posed. I'm seeing even in storytelling, so often we look back to like, what was that moment? It's almost like a snapshot of a moment in our minds. Mm-hmm. And what I try to help people do is go, yeah, but how did you feel in that moment? Yeah. It's not the fact that you went to this college. It's how did you feel when you went to that college and it wasn't the one that you wanted to go to? Right. Your your parents mm-hmm. sent you there. It wasn't the fact that you lost your job at the pandemic. It's how did you feel when you lost that job? That's the mm-hmm. story. Yeah, that's what drives more than yeah. anything else, how how they feel. I don't care so much about, I mean, I do care about the quality of the photo. Sure. But if they feel that I'm bossing them around, let's just say, or they feel that I'm boring, mm-hmm. they're going to remember that. They're not going to remember, you know, the beautiful photo after they'll remember and more importantly all their bridal party members and their family members will remember how they felt in a negative way when they were working with me versus a nice positive one and the photo they're probably going to like it because it's the happiest day of their life and they looked amazing and they got their hair and makeup done a really nice you know outfit on so that part's almost like the given as long as you know what you're doing with your camera the rest of it is not a given how is the 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 photo, the work that you've done, how is that, in your words, how is that uh, a work of storytelling? How is Um, photography a work of storytelling? So for me, it's all about the final album. 
The photos, yes, they tell stories, but when it comes to a wedding, it's the entire story of the whole day from start to finish. So I am a full service photography studio and I actually will not take on weddings where they do not do an album with me and commit to one because that's where the final story is actually told versus just captured. So what kind of a story do you tell? Like, what is that? What is, what is that? You know, in general, you've, you've got the getting ready and all that. Is there, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you fill that in. What, yeah, what kind of, what are you looking to do? The story is definitely at its base chronological. So a little boring on that part, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, when we go through and we pick the photos, you're picking the pretty photos, but you're really just looking for all those emotional moments, any moments where you can find like connections, whether it's between the bride and her dad or yeah. the mom and dad or a, a certain bridesmaid, whatever it is, wherever you can find those emotional connections and then laying them out in the story like way, that's, that's what we go for. Hmm. I mean, you get, I'm, I'm imagining there's the getting ready photos and there's the sort of the mm-hmm. anticipation, that joy of the morning and everything. And then you find those hidden moments throughout the day of relief, of yeah. laughter, of sadness, of love. And that is the story that's being told. Plus all the details. So, you know, mm-hmm. every time I photograph something, we think of it in a story way. We photograph everything wide, medium, and tight. So you get everything from mm. the scene setter to the basic of what's going on to the tiny little details. So all of that comes into play to making sure that you're you're showing off the whole thing. And it sounds silly, like, yeah, I'm going to photograph forks and I'm going to photograph the <laughs> napkins. But those represent little decisions that the couple yeah. made throughout their time together that, you know, was a really special time. And I think that's it. It's the details. This is where details can get, uh, we think we either get too hung up. Like if you had an entire album of forks and napkins, people are going to say, but you mm-hmm. missed, you missed the day. <laughs> yeah. But if you, if you leave that out, then they're going to say, why did we even do that? Like what yeah. was, why do we even exactly make that choice? So there's, there's like this intentional choice as you say in putting an album together i think for those of us that are again telling actually telling a story it's about not leaving out the details and not flooding it with details but what details matter yeah Yeah. to tell the right story to tell the kind of story that you want to tell and you get to do that so okay (laughs) so let's get into your story but i want to know how you got here what um start here and you're doing wedding photography Mm mm-hmm are you out like every weekend? I only book up to 20 weddings a year. So I cap it. Brilliant. Yes. Um, so I can have a higher price and a life <laughs> all at the same yep. time. Yeah. And then <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. during the week, I do everything, you know, for my YouTube channel, all the flying around, speaking at conferences and mm-hmm. all the stuff it takes to actually run the business. Because, yeah, it's nice. I go shoot for one day on the weekend, but with every wedding, there's... 40 to 60 hours of work attached to it at least. Yeah. So with the the people that you're working with and whether, again, it's the actual bride and groom or it's someone learning to use their camera or learning to see it in a new way or it's somebody that's that's reading your book, <laughs> again, is kind of learning this this craft. Um, what would be the... Like of all of those people at this point, who's the one that you're like, man, I really love impacting like that kind of a person or like that client. I'd like, that's the one that you're like, man, I find so much joy about that. 
when it comes to the photographers that I teach, it's the ones that come back and let me know that I've actually impacted their lives. Cause it's right. like, Oh, that made it all worth it. Just your email telling me that, you know, this thing I told you to do actually raised your bottom line. And now you're not worried about finances so much like that. That's really freeing mm-hmm. and really rewarding. And then when it comes time for my couples, my couples, the ones I like the most are the ones that I connect with. Like mm-hmm. it sounds kind of weird, but I like to be emotionally involved with their wedding, you know, versus the the opposite of like not giving a crap and it's just yeah. another wedding, yeah. but actually caring about what they care about and they caring about the things that they told me were important and caring about their parents and their siblings mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Those are the ones that I really love to be a part of on the day. What happens when when that happens, when they know that you care, they feel what? Yeah, well, all of them think I care. <laughs> well, <laughs> There's no... Uh... Of course. But I mean, okay, great. But when they know that, when they, what, you know, when they, rec- when they recognize that or they, they f- do feel that, they, they feel that care from you, that then allows them... To trust me more. To feel what? They trust. Yeah, trust? definitely trust. Um, because that's, that's a big thing, you know, capturing all the little things and making sure that they look good and realistically running the timeline of the day, especially if there's no wedding planner involved. So yeah, they trust me more. So again, so let's go, go a little bit deeper on that. That trust allows them to do what throughout their day, throughout that day or like beyond that when they think about their wedding, when they think about just relax and enjoy the present and enjoy the day. Not worry. Yeah. Not worry. Stress-free weddings can be stressful. (laughs) Uh-huh. So you said, um, cause you said that about the, the people that the, you know, photographers that you're teaching as well as there's this sense that like, oh, finally, I, like, I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. this. Stuff. Like I get it. I don't have to worry anymore. And then the same with your couples. You're like, there's this sense of relaxation of, of not worrying. Would you say like that again, that there's this trust that you bring, which allows them to like to do what they're doing with ease? Like I'm, I'm looking for the impact, right? Like there's like, what's the impact that your work has on people right now um, or that you want it to have on people right now? Would it be something around that, around relaxation? Maybe. Mm. Uh, relaxation, convenience, I'm always looking for, especially for my, my clients in the weddings, they tend to be a little bit on the more luxury side, more high-end side. So they're always just mm-hmm. looking for, the convenience factor. They don't want to spend a lot of time on anything in life. So if I can make things ultra convenient for them, I can take one thing off their plate, mm-hmm. let them relax. They trust I've got it. That's typically what they need. Hey, you want something for free that's going to help you with your speaking? Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked in my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to, and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So, you're booked for a workshop or a keynote, and the date is fast approaching, or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income, and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time, and you'll lose relational connections and I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that help me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. 
I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks, and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve-wracking presentation. So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now, I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time so okay so let's land on the idea of trust if they trust if they can trust you like that's a massive thing yeah right again it's the most important day of their life and if they can trust this that's that's what they're looking for is to trust you or again people learning from you it's about trust it's do i trust this person if so, I'm going to listen and listen to what she's got to say. Um, where does that idea then, that idea of trust, where does that begin for you? Like to go back in your story again, to see like the work that you do now, if it's really about like building trust with people, like where does that, you know, as a kid, were you like highly trustworthy? Did you have people <laughs> in your life that you trusted? What was that like when you just look at that idea of like, I just really wanted to know that um, that I was in good hands. I don't know. I don't think it stems back to any childhood, anything. I mean, everything. But mm-hmm. I think when you decide to spend a good amount of money on anything, the trust has to be there. Because otherwise, you certainly wouldn't hire a photographer or any vendor on your wedding day if you didn't trust yeah. them. So then, okay, so jump into this idea of just art and creativity in general. Like, where does that begin for you? Is, is that, did you grow up in a house like that? Like, what, as a teenager, was it like, I'm going to take a photography class to see what happens? Like, <laughs> no. where does that show up for My you? My mom was a photographer. She did weddings. Oh, yeah, yeah, she did portraits. And then when I went to high school, I took a photography class there. And that was really when I started to do it and did black and white darkroom. And that's where I fell in love with it. And then my high school photography teacher, he did weddings on the weekends. So I worked for him Hmm. after I graduated and started my own business eventually. What kind of, so you, did you go and help your mom as well? Did you lug the gear around? No, only every (laughs) once in a while. She didn't really do it much after she had kids. So we did some portrait shoots. Like I knew how to set up the studio. (laughs) That's about it. I'm pretty sure my dad had kids, so then he had free labor. I <laughs> yeah. think that's what it was. I can understand. <laughs> that that gear is not not light at all. Man, no, those tri the bags and bags of tripods and <laughs> big steel cases weighed more than I did. Um so okay, so you did, but you did help your your teacher, your photography mm-hmm. teacher. You would go and and work with with him. What kind of experience did you see that he was creating uh for his couples? Do you remember? He was a traditional photographer, um, so he was a little bit more cut and dry. Didn't really, mm-hmm. didn't really do much on the experience side. I would say, really yeah. just focused on creating good photography, good solid photography for them. Um, that's probably where we differed a lot. Was I believed right. in creating a good experience too? Uh, and I don't, I'm not sure you got that. 
Yeah. Did you and like was it then or like were you sitting in that and being like hmm, he could like he's missing like she's not happy with that experience or something like were you like that aware as a 17 year old or or was no. it like later on you're like oh that's what was different no I mean there was little bits here and there I think it worked for him from like 19 to 23 or something along those lines 24 so um it was like the branding or the style of photography not coming you know moving with the times type thing and yeah it was uh it was a lot of things but yeah <laughs> So that, okay. And then where did that take you into, were you like, okay, great. I'm going to go to school for. Oh, I went to school. Yeah. I went, I have five college degrees. I, a bunch of different things, <laughs> but it's, uh, I wouldn't say it helped any really. The best thing was just going to photography conferences and working for him and then starting my own business. I mean, I started mine in 2008. Was that right? So, okay. You have five college degrees. Yeah. And, and none of it helped. What in the world? What are those five degrees? Tell me about them. I mean, their photography is one of them, but it was like fine art. They didn't teach you how to run business. I mean, they told you the technicality of how to take good pictures and run things in the dark room. And, but none of that's going to help you run an actual business. Right. Um, so that was fine. Um, and then I have other degrees. I thought I was going to be a teacher. So I did become a Spanish teacher for a little bit because I thought photography, like that wasn't a real job. That's just what you did on the weekends. So oh, wow. I have a Spanish degree. I have an education degree and um, a psychology degree and a music degree too. Come on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you love learning. I do love learning, but I, I, I knew how to work the system. So it only took me five years to get five degrees. <laughs> how did you know how to work the system? What is that? Once you see the gen eds and you pick your electives to start fulfilling another track, like it's really not, not hard to get other degrees. There's this, there's this, it's so, like what I'm hearing in you, Vanessa, <laughs> and, and is like, it's almost, I almost hear you like shrugging off, like what you're doing or what you've done. <laughs> and I don't know if that's, if that's actually how you feel, if that's, if, if I'm, at, I, I'm just hearing that, I don't know, but there's this sense where I like, I, I'm truly fascinated. I'm like, are you like, <laughs> this is so, wait a second. So you had photography, like influencers or influencing you all the way through your mom and then this teacher, and then you started working and then it's just, and then I started my business and here I am. But also within that, like you're missing these details of like, oh, by the way, I'm also, I also have a degree in music and psychology. So I understand people language, um, arts, and there was something else in there as well. What was the second degree that you said? Oh, education. <laughs> education, teaching. Yeah. Right. So of course, <laughs> like just look at that list and it's like a, oh, oh, that's why you do what that's, that's why you show up the way you do now teaching, <laughs> understanding people, like how, how are you so good at creating an experience? Well, there's a psychology aspect to that. How do you understand art? Well, there's movement, music, there's lighting, there's all of this added into that. Um, again, I would say even with Spanish, that probably makes it a whole lot more accessible to a whole lot more people and see a whole different light of culture and, and yeah. nuance of people within all of that. Like, am I wrong? Little bits here and there. I don't think it was worth how much I paid for those degrees. Sure. Okay. There we go. Sure. 
well, this is and this is where we get to filter. We're like, I don't know if it was worth it. And yet it's, you know, who you are now is because of who where you've come from and what you've been through. So uh, if we like who you are now, which so far I'm a fan, um, oh, then <laughs> then, you know, worth it is is a judgmental phrase, I guess. But that's it's uh, it was it part worked. of the climb. So that's good. There we go. There mm-hmm. were runs on the ladder. So, and none of that taught you how to run a business. And yet here you are running a business, a successful business and teaching others how to do the same. Uh, and it's all built on trust. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point does that, like, here you are going through life. You're like, I'm trying this thing. I'm doing this thing. This is a side hustle at best. Um, and then it shifts to, wait, (laughs) maybe I can do this thing. Yeah. I definitely had, um, well, you know, I was working for the photographer and I never thought I could start my own business. I didn't think, I don't know what I thought. I thought maybe a business ownership just wasn't a thing or it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, too far fetched, or maybe I thought I wasn't good enough. I don't know what I thought, but a friend of mine who was a photographer, he asked me one day, he said, why aren't you doing this for yourself? Aren't you booking your own weddings? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? I can't do that. It's like, yeah, you can. You are good enough. You can. And I was like, oh, and I'm the kind of person you give me an idea, like consider it done. <laughs> so right. it definitely, he had planted the seed and then, and then it, it grew, it grew until uh, I have what I have today. And, you know, I've learned on a lot of online education, going to conferences mm-hmm. and failing miserably, <laughs> watching how other people, you know, ran their businesses. Mm-hmm. And yeah. When he said, when he said you were good enough, mm-hmm. was that, uh, was that about skill? Like that was about the, like the photograph that you're taking is good enough to. To sell. Like, to, yeah. To do this for real. Yeah. 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 And then I did, but again, I thought I still had to be a Spanish teacher. So I was until I started my own business, you know, officially. And then I got so busy. I, I had to, quit teaching in the middle of the school year, which they're really not a fan of you doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Um, What, uh, and and you said, you know, failed miserably, failing miserably. Of course, I want to like dive into that a little bit. Like what's, what's a, what moment shows up for you when you think about that? Oh, tons. I mean, you can't have a business without failing and failing's okay. Just how you handle the failure is the real trick. So for me in the beginning, you know, the quality of my photos weren't, well, I wouldn't even say it. the quality of my photos were okay, but I didn't know lighting well enough. Mm-hmm. So some of the quality of my photos because of that, when I was in darker situations didn't come out so great. So my first review I ever got on a photography, you know, wedding review board uh, was a negative one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, got the notification. Oh, I got a review. And it was not very nice. Um, but I, I was, it was honest. It was truthful. I deserved it. So is that, is that, I mean, you read that you're immediately in tears and like, Oh yeah. Sit in a dark room for three days or. Uh, no, I do. I do things about it. I contacted the bride. I asked what it was Mm. like, can I edit these differently for you? I'm so sorry. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was public. I thought that was like a a private thing. I'll take it down. So she graciously took it down and I tried to make it better, but um, you know, for photography, garbage in, garbage out. I can't edit my way out of it, or at least I couldn't then. Now you right. can pretty much edit your way out of everything. 
But yeah, so I did that. And then, you know, other little failures is just like not doing things for my clients that I probably mm. should have bent the rules for because you know what? The point is not the rules. The point is to make them happy. And if you can do so within good, reasonable circumstances, then you should just do it. But I didn't know that. So <laughs> again, can you give me like, what's, what's like bending, what's a rule that you would have to bend to make a so, better experience for your clients now? I, I have a rule to make sure that they get their albums done on time. I give them their high resolution files once they've completed their wedding album design with me. Their wedding album design is done within weeks of their wedding. So it's not like they're waiting for anything. I'm right. waiting for them. So that's how I kind of manipulate that. And I had one girl that had her appointment like scheduled in the calendar to do it, but she wanted a photo early for Christmas cards. And I was like, okay, well you, you know, you can purchase early photos for blah, blah, blah. And there's a link to do it. And she was like pissed about it, that I wouldn't just give it to her for free. It was all like $85. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you know, we have to finalize your album design, your appointments at this time. And, you know, people back out of appointments all the time. So again, rule I'm trying not to break. So I'm not chasing this girl down for the next five years, trying to make her wedding album, which ultimately is what happens. And then photographers lose money and time and aggravation. Long story short, I should have just given her the stupid file and who cares about the $85 and who cares about, you know, the rule. She wanted it in time for Christmas. And uh, so now I just raised all my, at that time, I raised all my prices by a hundred dollars to cover any free file I would give them yeah. early. And yeah. anytime somebody asks for an early one, I'm like, yeah, sure, here. Yeah. And, and does on. it happen more often? Now? Very rare, or, I rarely. Mean, no, right. I mean, super rarely. Usually around Christmas time for the Christmas picture, actually. Right, right. <laughs> so there's this, I, I, what I'm hearing, because what's so fascinating about, right, you, you lock into that little story. And what I'm hearing is the same journey just even in that little moment, Vanessa, that actually I think I'm kind of picking up on your whole journey, your whole story so far it, it, to some degree is um, and I'm big on words and like, what's the word? Like you went from this to this essentially. And like, how is that transformation now showing up in what you do and how you, how you serve the world? And to think of, you know, there's the situations you grew up like with your mom as a photographer and then this teacher and you're like, I just fell in love with it. I wanted to do it and I love this. And then all these degrees and, and there's this <laughs> like, I, I love the contrast of, of what you saw in that teacher and how he was very structured and, and kind of by the book. And you're like, now just what you told me in this experience with this, this client was, uh, in that. I learned that when I'm by the book, like when I'm just so stuck to the way, um, that's not actually the kind of experience I want to create. So what if I bend the rules a little bit so that we can create a more trusting environment that I trust them and they trust me and we just get to where we are. So there's almost this movement from like structure to trust. And in your life, again, I'm filling it a lot here, <laughs> but tell me if I'm way off on this or what, but it sounds like there's this movement from like, there's a way that I'm supposed to go through this, I guess, to be a teacher or to get my degrees or to get this thing that is solid and stuck. And that's the way to do it. And this photography is a side hustle. And, and now you're actually going through life, really trusting the process, trusting the journey, trusting that, yeah, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to speak <laughs> and I'm going to teach and use YouTube, I guess. And 
book 20 weddings a year and that's going to be everything for me. And so while you're moving from structured life to kind of to trusting, that's also the experience that you bring your clients on. Does yes. that feel aligned? Does that feel no, real? That, absolutely. Because, you know, they look for, I think a lot of times when they're looking for, you know, a photographer, they're looking for a photography education, they're looking for, show me X, Y, Z. I want A, B, C. But ultimately, if you're not flexible with that and giving them all the things that they didn't even know they needed after all that structure, then you're mm -hmm. not going to make them happy. So yeah, I like that. That's a good, good correlation. That's good. That's good. There's, there it is. There's a story, <laughs> right? So, because <laughs> in your, I love this because in your, uh, you know, I asked people to fill out this thing before the podcast, like, what's your main story? And you're like, I'm not sure that I've got this like <laughs> turning point. Yeah. And I often say to people, it's not about the moment, but it's about a moment. And so if there's a moment, and I think you gave me one of, there was a photographer, there was a friend of mine who was a photographer who simply looked at me and said, why aren't you doing this yet? You're good enough. And that was the kick in the ass that you needed to go, okay. And once there's an idea, I'm going to run with the idea and I'm going to go do it. So yes, there was all kinds of other moments that tipped the journey for you, tipped the scales or any moment along the way that really made you lock in or were maybe more significant, quote unquote, more dramatic. But there's a simple conversation that happened there that made you go, huh, maybe I yeah. could. And that might just have been enough to be the, the turning point for you to now trust the process and build the business of your dreams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that definitely was a pivotal moment. I don't think I would have journeyed off otherwise, probably. Yeah. So what I love about this is because you get to think of all the people that you inf influence and impact, the photographers starting out or they're deep in their journey, but you get to be that voice for them. Yeah, I do love that. <laughs> yeah. And are those the people that then write to you and say, thank you, like I needed this, you helped me, like because of you, I I finally, you know, raised my prices or. Yeah, um, yeah, those, those are the emails I get, the DMs, mm -hmm. the, the good ones anyway. <laughs> yeah, and you think about that, that's because people are trusting your voice in their life. This is the this is the good stuff, Vanessa. This is it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I love this. I I I'm just fascinated by who you are and how you're showing up in the world, and and the 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 way that you showed up even here. I mean, you've got all these accolades and all these recognitions, and you're like, I'm I'm just like holding a camera and taking a picture. I'm just <laughs> trying to create an experience, like humble AF. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just it's it's uh, um, indicative of, of, again, your character and, and how you would show up, um, again, for your clients or on any stage in any way. And it's it's really fascinating and, and fabulous because you're not. I guess what, it, what I'm saying, it, it doesn't feel like you're the subject. You show up and you make others the subject. Yeah, as they should be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it just comes through in, in who you are and how you showed up here today. So, um, you know, where I'm desperately trying to make you the subject here, you're like, yeah, but. <laughs> 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 so, 
so sorry, making making your job hard. For like you. I love it. It's all good. And uh, if we're able to pull something out and pull out a story that you've been on here, then that that's really what we're looking at here. So I am so grateful for you for your time here. Um, if people want to find you, you know, for whatever reason they want to learn from you, they want to hire you. Um, they have no interest in somebody who is stuck and structured in their ways, but want a high trust relationship with their photographer or their teacher. Uh, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, you know, my website, vanessajoy.com, because you'll find all the social links to my YouTube and Instagram and all the pretty pictures too. All the pretty pictures. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fantastic. Um, any other tips, anything that you want to send us off with on, you know, what's something that people can remember uh, to help them tell a not boring story? What's some good storytelling advice that you've got to send us off? Uh, well, uh, apparently talk to you because I didn't <laughs> think I had a story. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. Hey, we'll take that. <laughs> we'll take it. Perfect. <laughs> also, you gave us something earlier, right? About, about um, how the, you know, just telling the story. It, it's, I think there's something about details and um, I think you capture that. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, just thanks for this good conversation. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.